that gun, boy. You got you a blog. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Super excited for today's guest, my good friend and super talented stand-up comedian Damian Levi is in the studio. Um, I'm recording this intro from my Toyota Camry 2008 studio, sitting in front of Albertsons. And thank you everyone for your support and your feedback, uh, especially the episode I recorded with my wife, the lovely Miss Tallinn. We got a lot of great feedback on that episode. And I know that when I first began this adventure, uh, trying to record my my thoughts and my conversations for a podcast, I wanted to do music and entertainment as a theme. And then once I moved and settled into the new house and I rebooted the podcast, I thought, let me do sports because that's more of a of a galvanizing you know topic that more people can rally around. But again, I felt like it was not genuine. I mean, I love watching sports. I'm definitely a sports fanatic, a sports junkie. But what it comes down to is I enjoy having meaningful conversations with people that I get along with and people that I respect. And so bottom line is I'm still trying to find my way and figure out exactly what the direction of this show is going to be. And I thank everyone for their patience as I figure it out. I'm committed to bringing quality guests. And I know that all the podcasts that I listen to, from stand-up comics to sports writers, journalists, etc., they all say the same thing, that they wouldn't have the opportunity to sit down for an hour with one of their friends or somebody that they respect and have an uninterrupted conversation. Our lives are so busy. There's so many distractions that we really don't spend quality time with one another. So that's the greatest gift that I can give to myself and to my audience. And so sit back and relax and enjoy my good friend, Mr. Damien Levi, also known as King Uncle Game Time. Right. I'm feeling good right now, you know, I auditioned for a role in a play and I got the part. Yeah. Feel good. Woo. Thank you, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. It's good, man, you know. Yeah, I, I play a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard of the play? <laughs> yeah, I play a rapist, it's cool, you know. Hey, hey. Oh, I do. Oh. I'm a method actor, man. You know what I mean? There's a fine line between, you know, method acting and crystal method acting. I walk that line. It's good, man. You know, I, I, I play rapist, man, and I don't know. I guess you know, it's a church play. I to tell you about that. Yeah, I forgot to tell you about that. Yeah. I guess nobody from the church could wanted to play the rapist, so they had to outsource the rapist role to a comedian. It's good though, man. It's good. I get to show my range. You know, because I'm not a rapist. So that's good, right? It's better than the roles I normally get though, you know. 
I got like a, a drug dealer. You right? Yeah. Serial killer. I got an email from an agency that's like, yeah, we've got this role for you. It's a serial killer role, but just come with the serial killer clothes on. I don't have serial killer clothes just laying around the, around the house. I'm going to tell you guys right now, man, don't go to Walmart at 3 a.m. looking for serial killer clothes. They will passive-aggressively escort you out. Yeah, you know, but it's better than the other roles I normally get, man. Hollywood is tough. The acting game is rough, man. They keep sending me roles to play slaves. I'm not trying to play no damn slave, man. That's not, that's not me a breakout role. Yeah, yeah, he'd be perfect for this role, man. It's the sequel to 12 Years a Slave. It's 13 Years a Slave. Like, what, he got caught again? I thought that brother was smart. They had hints on the injury, you know, it's a non-paid role. I'm not trying to play no damn slave for free. That's how we got here in the first place. So sick with it, like an eight patient. Got niggas fainting, anticipately waiting for my statement. Fresh out the basement, let me chase it. Hit you in your basement. Blue is that I told you, eyes not getting maced. Come erase my MCs, please don't even tempt me. Y'all niggas basic, way too complacent. I'm your replacement. My music lace with shit that I rock your braces. Don't hate, embrace it. Triple aces. Before we get into it, let me uh. Uh, properly introduce you, yeah. special guest to the to the podcast. What's, what's today? Today's Sunday, March thirteenth, uh, uh, two thousand sixteen. It's actually Spring Forward Day. Did you set your clocks back? No. Set your clocks forward. Spring forward, fall back. We yeah. We, I just let the phone do the work, man. There you go. But the car and the microwave will be just off yeah, for the half the year. Is off, man. Uh, but yeah, we got special guest uh, in the house, Damian Levi. You already know what time it is, King Uncle Dame time. That's right. On Twitter, yeah. uh, how do people find you on uh, Twitter and Instagram? At uh, it's, it's Dame time. It's Dame, Dame time. Yes. Okay. Very funny King dude. King Uncle Dame time on Instagram. King Uncle Dame time. Yes. Um, I like your this profile picture with the little the poodle and you're sipping you like <laughs> tea in the bathtub. Hilarious. Yeah, man. Hey, that's my sister's dog, man. That's my little sister's dog. That, hey, okay. That dog was awesome during the photo shoot, man. That's good <laughs> stuff. I'm going to put that up as the photo for this episode yes. so people, people can find you. The one licking my face? Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's the one, man. Now, where, where, does your, where does your last name come from? It sounds like what, exotic. Is it French or something? It's French, and I found out it's also like a little bit of Hebrew in there. Mm-hmm. And so like I, I was told by uh, – I was at my friend's house. It's a funny story, man. I was at this friend's house in L.A., and uh, – I was just saying, yeah, you know, he introduced me to some of his neighbors who yeah. happened to be from France. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I go over to their house, and I was like, yeah, I'm French too. And they all just kind of looked at me, <laughs> and they were like, mm, and their eyes were like, mm, I don't know. And then they, they, I showed them my ID, yeah. and then they, they literally grabbed my driver's license, and they all huddled up in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of them just kept looking over at me, and it was like they did not want to accept me as half French or something, man. And so right. they said, it was like, well, you know, it's half French, and it's half Jewish. And I'm like, what? Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's pronounced, well, I pronounce it LeVay, and I've heard it pronounced LeVay. Like, I had an art, my art teacher said it's LeVay. That's pr- 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 uh, pronunciation. So, like, okay. it's, you know. When I found out, man, I'm like, hell yeah. It's too bad my bank account doesn't reflect, <laughs> you know, being half Jewish. Yes. But it's cool, though. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's fun to work with. 
Now, when you see it written down, it's it's actually two words. It's capital L E, and then space. I'm sorry, capital L, lowercase e, space, capital V, lowercase I A S. Don't even pronounce the, the the last three letters, man. Gotcha. <laughs> you know? that's, that's that's how the French do it. That's very unique. A I lot mean, of useless letters. I don't know any black people that have two capital letters in their name. That's not like super ghetto made up name. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, man. Yeah. Like, I knew a yeah. girl in college that had an apostrophe in her name. Mm. And so, you know. that's That sounds like some Compton. I don't want to say anything negative, but let's just say it's unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the name, unique? Yeah. <laughs> Uniqua. And, and euphonious. Yeah, euphonious. Unique and euphonious. Yeah. Um, I actually met you, what was it, six or seven years ago at the contingency event? Yes. Remember that? Yes. It was like a fundraiser slash pre-production I was brought in as a writer meeting for okay yeah as a writer I was brought in as a writer my friend uh, Kenny brought me in and um, I was helping out with uh, your friends uh, both Travis's right yeah I, I, man I can't believe I forgot the um, Travis the Mock there's Travis a, Dixon there's a taller gentleman um, was, man my buddy Nathan Martell yeah. is why I was there yes okay and the funny part about our meeting was you know I saw you up hosting you know doing your thing and I assumed that you were a comic or a comedian, but I thought, like, you had a vibe like you're a musician just because, like, you dress with style and everything. I get that and a lot. I, and I said, when I go up and meet him, I don't want to I, – I thought if you were a musician and I asked if you were a comic, you would be mad. So I was like, <laughs> do, do you do music? <laughs> Yeah, we have these like funny things yeah, about yeah. just social awkwardness. Yeah, and so I, I was I was right, but I was wrong. Yeah, no, no, you were right both both ways because I'm actually a musician as well. Here's the story behind that: like okay. my grandfather is a preacher, mm-hmm. so that's where I get my stage presence and things like that, as far as like projecting my voice and things and just mannerisms and whatnot. And my father's an actual musician. Okay, he was actually played keyboards for Rick James and Bill Weathers, all these other. He was all the way around, so I have the combination of the two. Right. So that is, so like I actually, I'm more of like a childish Gambino. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I yeah, rap. Yeah. So you know I do the rap thing. I you don't know, think I've ever heard you rap. Yeah, I have. I have uh, some. I have some a uh, few album or a few um, tracks that I worked on, man. Oh. My brother's friend is a producer. So now, we, we'll drop. We'll drop it. Now, we'll do you do you freestyle? Oh yeah, I can freestyle, man. We got some beats later. Uh, we might. Yeah, that's good, it, that's going to be yeah, a thing. Yeah, um, very interesting. That I'm going to incorporate into the show. When I first started this maybe four or five years ago, I want it to be music themed because that's like my Mm. first love, you know? So I want to have my artist friends on the show, you know, promote their projects, play their songs, but fan bases are so small and niche, you know? So I said, let me do, let me do sports because everybody knows who LeBron James, everybody knows Tom Brady. Right. So I want to do a sports themed podcast, but a lot of people that I know are not into sports. So I don't know. I can't, I can't figure out a topic. So I'm going to start asking a few sports questions and then just let it, let it take off wherever, uh, wherever it uh, leads to. So do you, let me ask you a question. What is your favorite sports memory growing up? Playing, watching anything. My favorite sports memory. It's funny. I actually tell, um, I actually tell my girl about this story. Like, um, fun fact about myself: I was a Cub Scout. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we on our, one of our one of our uh, trips, I we we actually had to play like soccer. Okay. You know, and so like um, I'm not even really a soccer guy, but it's fun. And um, I remember I was we were it was three on three. Mm. And soccer? Yes. It it's a lot like, of running. Well, it was yes, yes, but it was a small it was a small park that we were at. Remember, Cub Scouts were kids. Okay. Yeah. So it was like one of those they had to set up for us. Right. 
we were getting our asses whooped. <laughs> me and my team, we were getting our asses whooped, and the guys gave up. I was the only one left, so it was me versus three. Wow. And I was getting my ass whooped, man. <laughs> but I didn't give up. So that was like my that was my uh, that's my best memory as far as sports. The, my my earliest childhood memory as far as being involved in any kind of sports. Okay, was like you know like I taught myself not to give up, man. You know, right, right. I was getting my ass whooped, handed to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. And these guys knew it, man. Every time they scored, they would just they had their own little little gestures. Right, 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 right. I was right. getting more and more just heated. But internalizing you know, it. Yeah, man. And so, but that's my earliest memory. Okay, I was really young. Yeah, so yeah Cub yeah. Scout wasn't even a Boy Scout yet. So. I never did Cub Scouts. I did play yeah. soccer with AYSO. Really, okay. and then I played a couple years in high school for a small private school, but I feel like for boys, you know, sports is kind of a rite of passage. You learn yes. how to interact with others, how to be competitive, uh, how to deal with failure. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's important. Definitely, man. You find out what's inside of you. Totally. Yeah. And you know, other countries they make you join the military, or you know, life is is hard in other countries. Like not like it is in America. We have kind of a a easy life, you know, in, in comparison to other countries. Uh, so without sports, I don't know where most of our men would be, you know. Man, you know, yeah. That's you know? one of the things that as men we connect. Like you yeah. said, like we just talk about sports like you said earlier. Yeah. So like, um, but even though a lot of people don't really can uh, associate with certain things mm-hmm. regardless of gender, right. um, we're able to connect because of uh, it's worldwide. It is. It's universal. NBA, NFL. I mean, even though they only play here in the, in the states, and <laughs> they only say world champs. World champs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's still where people watch this. Man, I watch right. every sporting event on in Spanish now, especially <laughs> Laker games. This season, I have to watch every Laker game in Spanish. Man. <laughs> watch it. Watch it, man. You, you the announcers like, are just on another yeah, level. <laughs> that's how you know it's crossing over because it's like uh, Cam Newton. You saw that, right? The span the the Spanish channel. They were covering yeah, the yeah. games. Yeah, Carolina yeah, yeah. Panthers. Mm-hmm. It, that's, that's, I love it. And it's so it's entertaining listening yeah. to this. So that's how you know, man. Yeah. And I know the leagues, NFL and NBA, a couple games a year, they'll have either in Mexico or abroad in London. So they're making the game more global. Yes. And, uh, I mean, soccer is probably the most popular game worldwide. It but is. a lot of people in the U.S. are not really hip to it. Yep. I know when the Galaxy um, was starting out, uh, David Beckham, Yes. You know, he's a he's a worldwide star. But other than that, I mean, kind of like how Tiger Woods brought the black community to golf. Yes. Uh, I would say David Beckham brought, you know, young people to he soccer. Did. He did. So, yeah, man, that's he had, interesting. He had, a bunch of, he had a bunch of handsome looking models playing <laughs> soccer, man, trying to try their hand at right. <laughs> the original football. <laughs> football. <laughs> football. That's, right. a, that's a tough sport, man. A lot of running, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of running. That's why I gave up. Yeah, it's man. It's when I watch it, and it's like sometimes it just ends with like zero zero. I'm like, yeah, man, not worth it. Yeah, it's more interesting listening to the the, the commentators. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the game down. And I see, I see why they fake injuries too. Yeah. You need a, you need a break. Yeah, man. You know, just running around, man. Football, you get you know the 45 second play clock. Yeah. Basketball, every time there's a foul, you get a few minutes. Media breaks. Timeout, all yeah. those things. But soccer just Running Not back and forth. Stop. So much, yeah, much respect to all you yeah. soccer off. players. Hats off. Man. <laughs> uh, so, are you are you following politics at all? The the race. Yeah, I have no choice, man. Yeah, I'm getting look. I'm getting dirty looks in the streets, dude. It's nuts, man. Like I just like my girl and I, we 
We had people like making gagging noises. <laughs> I'm walking in a Walmart. I'm like, man, I can't. Can I just survive, man? Can I just live? You know, like you got people creating hate. So you if know? you had to guess, this person that was giving you this look, who would you say that they're supporting in the 2016 president race? It's pretty much a toss up outside of Bernie Sanders. Yeah, it's like it's either Hillary. <laughs> oh, it's uh, what's his name? Uh, Trump, obviously. Right. And was it uh, what's his name? There's like three, two more, three more. What is it right now? Uh, Cruz, Cruz, Rubio, yeah. Rubio. Which one has the good skin, man? The good. The good skin. He's, he's, no, he, he's older than what he looks. His face is clear. I don't. I'm not sure. Rubio. One of them. Somebody made a comment on my timeline on Cruz Facebook looks like a doughboy. Somebody said they want his face cream. <laughs> said, even if he doesn't win, they want to use his face cream because his right. face is so clear. He's like really old, but he looks like he's like 20 years younger. His I don't know. I would assume Rubio. Know which one it is when you see? Yeah. I know which one it is. I can't remember the names. Yeah. These guys are so forgettable now because it's like you know being being a, a comedian. It's like as a comic, you know, you have to put your stamp on it. You have right. to like s- make a stance. Right. As far as what you're trying to do, and I notice most of these politicians when I watch them give their speech, it's not memorable in any way. They're it's not, not making a. I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense. So, like, I'm following, like I said, because I have no choice because of media, right? Through uh, social media, but like, I'm I'm not feeling it. I feel like you know none of these guys have it, like you know the JFKs and right. things like that. You know where they just have that voice and they could just command an audience. Right. And if they tell a story about mm. themselves, people are listening and they're not just like scrolling through their timeline. Because if you look at some of these politicians, people have their heads down on their phones, man. They don't. They're not. You need to command that audience, man. If you want them, if you want to get their uh, vote, right. You got to connect. Yeah, just you have because to make they're a real there behind you doesn't mean they're actually gonna vote for you. You know what I mean? You're if right. Not you. With social media, there's so much white noise. You know, uh, you're you're they're being thrown in our face yeah. every second of the day. And uh, I do you watch the Daily Show with yes. Trevor Noah. Yes, he had a tweet the other day, and it was like, um, TMZ is reporting the news. Uh, the news is being uh, entertainment. And um, what was the other thing that he said? But it was just like he summed up the yeah. state of what's going on right now. How information is being presented to exactly. us. Exactly. Yes. And I personally, really honestly, not just saying this because you're a comic, I look to comics to tell me the truth. Yep. We're you the know, ones, man. The last I, ones. I don't trust the news anchors. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't trust the quote unquote people in charge, yes. the authorities. I assume they're lying to me. So how do you feel like that? Do you feel that pressure to be a, a voice in the community of telling people how it is? I personally don't feel the pressure because, like, when I my approach to um, comedy mm. is, I'm being honest about my life. Right. That's my approach. It's like so. Whatever I'm talking about, regardless if it's funny or not, or uh, mm-hmm. soliciting a, a laugh or whatever laughter, what I would do is uh, I just keep it real, man. Ask some crazy stuff. Growing up, being originally being from Compton, things yeah. like that. So. I just tell the stories, and you know, my girl, she's been coming to every show for eight years now, over eight years, and she's seen the progression yeah. as far as like how I would take real material, real um, life events, and just blend it in on stage. And it's just very matter of fact when I speak on stage. I just talk. I don't try to set it up like certain ways. Right. You know, with the real things, like when I talk about the play. Right. And I played a rapist in the play. Yeah. That Man, really happened. That really happened. I saw and, it happen. <laughs> yeah, you were I was you there. Were the one that actually <laughs> hooked me up. Yeah, it was my role, fault. Man. No, that's awesome. <laughs> that was the best thing ever happened to me, man. That's like one of my bits that I lead with. You really? Know I mean? Like, yeah, when I go, when I open it up. You know, oh, that's you know? awesome. It's amazing, man, because it's such a, I call it a trap. You know, you set yeah. it up. It's like, yeah, you know, I just, I did this play, man. I got, I got it a cast for a play, and everybody's clapped it up. 
you know, and then I come in, it's like, yeah, I played a rapist. And then it's just like, it kills every time. Yeah, I love because it. it's a church yeah, play. It's a church play. And I say that, right? And it just it just keeps getting worse. And, we're, and it's just like, man, and I love it, man. I'm, I'm, I, it, to me, winning an award for that yeah. is like, people don't believe me still that I play a rapist in a church play. <laughs> I won an award yeah. for best supporting actor as a rapist <laughs> in a church play. So and it just I just got to show my range, man, and uh, right. I don't think people were ready for that when I played that part, right? Especially like since the scene, the rape scene took place off back uh, backstage, right, right, right. And the people weren't ready. The person I was supposed to be raping in the scene, like right. I was looking her in her eyes, and I was like literally grinding on the the stairway, <laughs> the rail, <laughs> and I was into it. And I'm method, man. There's a yeah. fine line between method acting and crystal method acting. <laughs> that line you did for the rape play you did i, I felt the it. rapist yeah man Being people walking the... out yes that's how you know you're doing your job if people walk out the theater like people will come up to you man i hated your even though my co my co-star the kid or the kid he's like yeah. i hate your character i like you <laughs> but i hate your character and then inside you're like thank you i'm doing my job you're affecting people you know yeah so it's good man and that's great it. man i didn't know that that bit uh stuck with you I'm, ha- my favorite I'm happy bits i'm happy to hear that yeah now you know, something that we have in common, we're both entrepreneurs. You know, we we are we are our own business. And I feel like being a comic is the most pure form of the entrepreneurial spirit because you're literally selling yourself on stage. It's I not, do not like get paid for these shows. <laughs> this is put it we do not get paid. We get paid from making uh, signing lucrative deals holding deals with companies, but when you see us doing a show, right. the most that a comic makes is they get it paid like a dollar a minute, 15 minutes, they get paid $15. Now, at the comedy store. I was going to say, I heard it was 12 at the comedy store, so yeah. they, you got to raise. It's fi- no, not, not me, not me. That's what I heard Like with uh, some of the bigger the bigger names. Yeah. Maybe they changed it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's like, we really don't get paid. We get paid in, um, hey, great show. You had a great set. We get, you know, we get paid in, like I said, when people approach Affirmations. us give us those deals. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, like you said, the entrepreneurial uh, side yeah. of it, you know, I have two albums out. I have a free one. Okay. And then I have one on iTunes. So those, that's what helps me get by in between, you know, like um, as an artist, we don't really fit into the nine to five. Totally. Groove at all. My girl's a designer. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes we go back east and she does her. Uh, you know, her her line and things like that showcases her line. And it's crazy, man. Like, as an entrepreneur, it's crazy. But I wouldn't, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. I've worked nine to five my whole life, mm-hmm. you know. So, and I know, I know what I love. I love doing this because I used to babysit kids when I was younger, man. And yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, there's nothing worse than babysitting somebody else's <laughs> kids, man, <laughs> when you're still a kid. Because you can't, you can't do anything. You got your hands behind your back. Right. So, like, I love it, man. I, but I've always been a hard worker. I used to like, mow lawns and, mm-hmm. you know, cut. I used to water grass. So everybody knew me. All the old people loved me in my neighborhood. Yeah. You know, so, like, I, st- I that whole entrepreneurial thing started then when I was a young kid. You know, I was like, I had to learn how to make that money. You have to. Yeah, man. And in between, man, the, the, the only thing that they think that helps an artist progress is just starving. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? If you're starving, man, it's like, you're like, all right, I got to do something. Man. It's the ultimate motivation. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm going to give you, um, at the end, I'm going to ask you to plug your album again and tell mm-hmm. people where to find it. But let us know right now. So the one that's on iTunes, what's the title? How can people search it? Yeah, the one on iTunes is um, Saturday the 14th. It's called Big Brock Deeks. Big Brock, B-R-O-C-K, Deeks, D-E-E-K-S. It's on iTunes. Okay. And it's basically just, I, I basically talk, um, the theme is Valentine's Day and just all the whole consumerism thing behind it. But I'll, I'll probably have about three or four tracks 
that are focused on Valentine's Day. Okay. The rest is like just my material throughout the set. Do you, is there a bit that we can uh, maybe give the people a sneak peek and I can play for them right now? Can you set up one of the. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think which. Um, oh, I found it. The other one. Yeah, number 10. Number yeah. 10. Yeah. It's number 10. Okay. Yeah. 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 You, guys, uh, you guys are a couple there? Yeah. Where's the couples at? These two? Why you, why you sit next to her, dog? What's going on, Holmes? Hey, what's your name, man? Will. You look like a Marty to me. Marty Snicklefritz. Marty Snicklefritz. Can I call you Marty? So, so that's your girl right there? Why'd she sit next to that dude, man? What's good? You, get, you better get your step your game up, man. Step your game up. Hey, how long you guys been together? Three months? Okay, that's cute. Get up. Give it up for Marty Snicklefritz. The argument that is fucking cute. Damn it. I'm gonna tell you something, man. Wait for it. Argument's gonna be rolling around, dog. You're gonna be, everything's gonna be just fine, man. You're gonna be eating popcorn and playing with puppies and shit. Next thing you know, you're gonna be arguing about who's more American and shit. Me and my girl, man, we got to argue about who's more American, dog. You listen to me, Marty? My girl's Asian. I'm black. Neither one of us are gonna be any more American than what you look like right now. But yeah, we was having an argument about who's more fucking American. You and your American ways. You American. She's like, no, you're American. You're fucking American. I'm never gonna be as American as you are. That's real shit, man. Just wait, give it a few more months, man. Cause you know women, y'all like to argue about shit that nobody has any control over. Anybody here have it? Get into an argument with that girl over a dream? No control over that shit. I'm gonna tell you something, Snickle Fritz. There's nothing more unsettling than your girl standing over your bed just looking at you. Just... You wake it up, you're like, what's, what, what? You fucking know what? What? You fucking cheated on me, Marty. I didn't fucking cheat on you. What did I cheat on you? Last night, Marty, Snickle Fritz. I was sleep next to you the whole night. How is that even possible? It was in my dreams. You cheated on me in my dreams. That's gonna happen, man. Give it some time, dog. Give it some time, man. Give it up for Marty Snubble Fritz. Man. <laughs> That's awesome. I, re I do remember that. You remember bit, that? Yeah, I do remember that. You guys that. were there, man. I was live, man. You remember that? <laughs> I, crowd work is one of my favorite things in a stand-up set. So act. random. Because you, you're showing your chops. I the mean, weirder the better. I'm not saying anybody can write a joke, but I'm saying that in the privacy of your own home to sit there and write a joke is one talent. And then to be on stage and deal with either hecklers or just deal with in the moment, that's like freestyling. Yes. That's, that's my favorite because those moments are, are gold and you can't, you can't mm -hmm. predict them. 
Um, so yeah, you heard you heard that here. Uh, Big Brock Deeks is the name of the album. I'll put a link to it in the description below. Um, go cop it off of iTunes. Uh, is there anywhere anywhere else that people can get it? You can go on. It's on Amazon Play. It's on uh, Google Google Play. It's on uh, Spotify. Where do you get the? Where does the artist get the most money from? Right now, I'm on uh, with the iTunes. Okay. Yeah, the iTunes is where we get the most, and then basically just the the radio play. You get like royalties and things like that from okay. the radio play, and so um, <clears throat> you have that option. And it's the best iTunes or Songcast. It's the best for artists because you really get to showcase your own work, right? Your own work the way you want to, right? And now they have a whole curation thing on there where you can like you curate the uh, arts, artists, uh, music, and things like that, and yeah. everything else. So it's pretty cool, man. It's really it's 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 a good tool. Like you said, as being an entrepreneur, yeah. because before that, man, I had all of this material and I just had no place to put it. Right, right. And, you know, this is the best way I could reach out to, like I said, people worldwide, man. One one album sold in Canada. What? <laughs> on fire right now. That's how we roll, man. They're probably, shout fr- out, probably French Shout out Canadian. to my Canadian uh, fan base. <laughs> Love y'all, man. Appreciate it. Hey, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually um, a quarter Canadian. Oh, what? That's yeah. what's up, man. My grandmother is from Regina, Saskatchewan. Oh, believe man. It, believe it or not. You've been up there. You've been up there, right? I have. Yeah. I know you've been up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I spent some stuff. time in Vancouver. I spent some time in, uh, It was, I think it was Saskatchewan. I was young. I was okay. like five years old. Oh, so you haven't been back since. Okay. Have you had, yeah. you had, most, have you had most Nice? That's a Canadian beer out there, man. Uh, I think I have had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight something yeah. percent. Yep. That's like yeah. really, that's the real stuff right there. Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to work with this guy. He said he when he went to college mm. um, in Minnesota or somewhere, they would just cross and go up, yeah. and then they would. Uh, he said they'd, they'd have fun out there. Man. Yeah, yeah. He said the strip clubs were popping in Canada. I don't know how that's. <laughs> that doesn't even sound right to say. <laughs> that's what he said. He said that that's the first thing he thought. That's what he led with. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay, you know, that's not really enticing enough for me to want to go to Canada. Right. I'm not really a strip club, strip club kind of guy. But right. Thanks for the, you know, the info, man. But he said they were popping, but he said the alcohol was like the best. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good to know. It's amazing out there, man. Like, it's just, it's beautiful. We're thinking about moving there if Trump makes it, so. Totally. Yeah, that's right. You know, we're going there. Totally. Yeah, if Trump becomes president, we are going there. And they'll they'll welcome you with open arms. Yes. Open borders. They love melanated people out there, man. (laughs) Unless you have a DUI. If you have a DUI, Canada does not want you. Get out. Why yes. They have the strongest alcohol. I don't know what it is. It's a but setup, man. That's like yeah. a thirst trap, literally. <laughs> Canada, man, y'all setting up thirst traps? Yeah. Come on, man. DUI checks points. Like well, no, trap. it's it's just, it's your record. So when you try to get through customs, you know, you, ha- you show them your passport. And if you have any type of prior convictions, and DUI is one of them, they, they don't want you. That is, I appreciate that, yeah. though, man. Because when you think about it, you got one. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like Lay's. Yeah. You can't just get one. I saw somebody the other day. They had six DUIs. Six? You get six, man. I didn't think you could get past three. Yeah. It's Arizona, too. Wow. I, I watched those those prison shows. Yeah. <laughs> <And it was laughs> a women's prison. It was a woman. Yeah. She had six DUIs. Wow. That's Nuts. amazing. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And a, and a woman, like, you can get out of a DUI pretty easily. You know, yeah. show some legs, show some show cleavage. a little bit of flesh, man. Yeah. Not if it's a woman cop that puts you over. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you try to do that. It's like, how about now, officer? It's like, Ma'am, I'm a woman. Because some of them, they don't look like women, you know. Some totally. Cops, you yeah. Know? So that's hilarious. Man. I always got that hair pulled back. Yeah. And the man bun. Yeah. Yep. Not cool. <laughs> so 
getting back to the um your your comedy roots, your yeah. comedy background. Who not necessarily your inspiration, but who do you look towards? Whose game do you respect? Okay. That's doing stand up. I'll tell you what, man, I, I just compiled a list the other day. Perfect. These guys are always floating in my head though, but I never knew this. But basically most of the comics that um I that pretty much inspired me. Team Sagittarius, baby. They're all like Sagittarius. Oh, man. no like way. Days apart from my birthday. Wow. Like Richard Pryor's birthday is like December 1st. Mine's okay. December 5th. Okay. Red Fox is like right right around the corner. You know, Steve, like Stephen Wright. Yeah. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield. He's actually, the, he's close. He's in November, November 22nd, which is okay. still uh, uh, said. But these are all guys that I, you know, inspired me as far as like this different styles. If right. You will. So before before knowing their birthday, you they had already, you had already looked up connection. to them and you felt the connection, and then you found out about that. That's how that happens. Man. What do you think about people who don't believe in astrology, who don't think that your birthday and your sign affects your personality and your and your life? Mm. I think they probably need to smoke more. <laughs> for one, yeah, because like that that's that shit is real, man. Yeah, that's real. Like you know, when you think about it, it's like so many similarities, but it's there's like so many different. Um, elements if you will when you think about it you know like yeah. it's like it's not just i'm a sagittarius i'm also like i have a moon sign there's mm-hmm. like three sides and the rising person, yeah right. so it's like it gets really deep right so i try to stay on the surface of it man, <laughs> because it's like you do sound kind of psycho when you're like well you know my moon sign i'm a gemini so technically i'm like three people you know so it's like it gets deep man would you like to buy these crystals <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> They have recently, they had like, what's that, Blood Moon and what's all those other things? Harvest got, Moon. Yeah, it's like, that, that's, that stuff is nuts. Man. Right, but, right. But I just found out recently that it's shifting. Okay. The chart. You know, my girl was telling me that the chart shifts, so I'm not even really like a, like a, a Sagittarius anymore. You're a cusp. Chart. Yeah, so it's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. I know growing up, I was in a very conservative Christian household, mm. and they thought that astrology was of the devil. Like, yeah, it was yep. witchcraft. Totally. And so... Yeah, and so I I ignored it. Mm-hmm. But then when I got older, go to college, you know, have mm-hmm. more uh, mind opening experiences, yeah. I decided to look into it. Mm-hmm. And going back through my life, like my friends, the people that I had dated, it made it matched up to what yeah. the astrologies was saying. And scientifically, how I look at it is, the human body is seventy percent water, mm-hmm. and the moon is a celestial body that controls the tides in the ocean. Yes. So to think that our bodies, which is primarily water, is not somehow, you know, affected by the stars and the planets, it just makes sense. Right. Right. So yeah. that's awesome to hear that, you know, your your comedic influences have that connection with you. Very, yeah, without even knowing that yeah. before. And so right, right, right. Really, it's it's like confirmation. Mind blown. Yeah, it's like mind, mind blown. blown. It's like we, great minds think alike in terms of because there's great other, other comics that are great. Right. Different signs. But the ones that I connected with, I mean, come on, Richard Pryor. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, when I found that out, like, I drove my girl crazy. I was like, oh, it's Richard Pryor. She was like, okay, okay. (laughs) One of the comedians that I like, uh, contemporary Moshe Kasher, on his special, he does this thing where he says, uh, nosebleed, spiritual awakening. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, he's like. Like the aha moment. I've seen him live, man. He's hilarious. He's hilarious, man. Shout out to Moshe. Yeah. Um, Do you know, remember the Champs podcast? Neil Brennan, Moshe Kasher? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had their final episode, their farewell episode. Really? I think I just saw one of them, uh, a promotion for that. Yeah. So they're they're not doing it anymore, which I'm sad about, but it's bittersweet because... 
I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I have a podcast now, yep. so I'm going to take the torch. There it is. <laughs> hey, you got it, man. Somebody's got. Somebody's got to. You know, fill in that lane for yeah, man. for for black comedy everywhere. Yes. Neither one of them are black. Yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The spirit. The yes. spirit of it. That um, approach, man. So I was actually looking up some comics that that I respect. Mm -hmm. So you gave me a quick list of people that influenced you. So tell me what you think about these guys. First of all, Chris Rock. Did you watch the Oscars this year? Yes, I did. His opening monologue was like the most anticipated live event of television besides the Super Bowl. Yep. What did you think of his monologue? When I first saw his monologue, I thought um, he was hitting hard, but I felt like there was other points that he probably could have hit instead of like uh, um, instead of hitting instead of like um, it, I don't want to say he was attacking other yeah. artists that didn't show up, but instead of focusing on that, yeah, you know, I think if he could have just like spread it out for everybody because whether you were there or you boycotted, you know, there's a, there's a problem going on, right? And so I felt like he he made me laugh. He did his job, but right. I feel like. I was expecting a different Chris Rock. To I be was too. With you. you know, um, I don't want to say disappointed. Um, my thing is, he got bills. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> He's going through a divorce. He's going right. through a divorce. You kind of have to be walking on eggshells. Totally. You know, with people who cut the checks. Yeah, your employer. So I get it. I get it. Right. But I, I honestly feel like Ricky Gervais probably could have, you know. Right. You know what I mean? Honestly. Um, I'm not saying he would have did a better job, but he would have been like, it seems more like loose, maybe. Yeah, it seems like yeah. Chris Rock didn't really want to offend certain people. Yeah, but he didn't have a problem targeting others. Right. In in the that's what I got. And right. then I'm reading everybody's comments on the mm -hmm. timeline, and they just totally start disowning Chris Rock. Totally. And I was like, whoa! It's I mean, like I said, he got bills. Maybe just went through a divorce. Right. That's a lot of money. It is. So you know, he had to take the job. He can't say no, man. You know what I mean? If I'm broke, I can't say no to a job. And but at the same time, integrity. Right. So it's like he, he was in a tough spot. So I applaud him for still, you know, the show must go on right. as a, an uh, actor and a fellow actor entertainer. But at the same time, you know, um, what he was known for, I feel like he didn't bring that 100 percent. I agree. Open the monologue. I agree. I watched it and I, I did laugh. I giggled. But I was watching it with such intense expectation yes. that I was waiting for a bomb to drop. That kind of never mm -hmm. came. Yeah. And um you know, it, yeah. it is what it is. He's been in the game, what, 20 plus years now? Man. And I heard somebody say, I, I think it was I think it was Bill Simmons was saying, like, this was his, the ultimate, like his career is coming to a, a, a peak. Yeah. And this was like his, not swan song, I can't think of the word. He's but to, it's, like, it's almost like he's passing the torch. Passing the torch. Kind of situation, but we don't know to who. Yeah. Kevin Hart, because Kevin Hart was kind of like a co. Not, I'm not co, but he kind of came out and did his thing a little bit. Right. But I feel like Kevin Hart is probably the next guy. I I kind of hope not. Yeah. You know <laughs> I, mean? like, I feel like it. I feel like Kevin Hart's kind of the next guy the way they did it. With, like you said, yeah, man. Right. He reached the. That was it right there. Right, right, right. <laughs> that was like his it. career kind of came full circle. Yes. He hosted back in um, 2005. Mm -hmm. And because of the hype surrounding the Oscars So White and Chris hosting, I wanted to go see what he said last time. I know. Did man. you Did you watch it? No. Nah, 2005? No. Nah. It was so. It was wrong. It, it could have been this year's. Like everything, wow. the issues that have been going on have not changed. Yeah. You know, so yeah. the diversity that's lacking in Hollywood, um, the opportunities for producing, writing, directing, 
starring in yeah. are not there today and they haven't been there. Yeah. So, I mean, you go out for auditions. Yep. You go out for roles. Yep. What, from your perspective, I know it's a complicated question. What is the answer or how do you address it? The, what do you mean? How do you address the... Um the the diversity the, diversity? the oh, lack man. of opportunities for people of color well you know i talk about it on stage yeah. i talk about it as far as like um the roles that i get uh, cast for and things like that they cast me for yeah it's nuts man like slave number two <laughs> you know can't uh, even be slave thug. number one yeah it's just like you know zombie thug yeah know, at the liquor store you know stuff like that and so but you look at it it's like it's almost like everybody has to go through it Okay. Everybody has to go through it. You know what I mean? And, but when I think when I when you break it down, it's like there is a different uh, there's there's you see the privilege there. Yeah. You know, some people, they don't have to go through all of that stuff. Right. So the, the way I uh, deal with it is I talk about it on stage. Right. And, you know, I talk about um, the, uh, people uh, wanting me to play a slave role. Yeah. You know, and it's the same as like wearing a dress. Totally. If you will. It's the same thing. You know, it's like. um. Okay, there's other, like, I mean, if you look at our ancestors, man, there's, there was more than just slaves. Right, right. It's like right. what we talk about. It was, like, a lot of stuff. I'm it's just not a one-dimensional yeah. character. It's not yeah. a one-dimensional history. Give me something else, man. Make some more, you know, make some, if I'm going to play a slave, man, you better make me, give me a principal role with lines. I'm right. not trying to play a background slave for right. free in a, in, a, in a student film, you know? Django Unchained is the only slave movie or a movie about the slave era that has not made me cringe, that I will gladly watch love again. It. I love that movie. Because the, em, they empowered mm-hmm. you know, the slave character yeah. to be the victor, not yes. to be the downtrodden, you know, spiritual, we shall overcome. Yeah. He was whooping ass. It went down back then. It went then. down. It w- we weren't just super like, submissive right. or passive. It went down. Right, you know, right. Some people were able to wake up. Right, and they, and they, that that stuff really happened. You know, I can't wait for the Nat Turner. I can't wait for that to come out, man. Yeah, you know, it's called Bir- uh, Birth of a Nation. Okay, like, yeah. yeah, I can't mm-hmm. wait for that. Yeah, yeah, like, because we, I've been hearing my friends. Man, I almost got arrested in front of like a coffee shop <laughs> with my friend after watching Twelve Years a Slave. <laughs> and I was like, I'm never gonna watch slave movies with black people again, man, because most of us are not over it yet. And I found that out at the the hard way at the movie theater, right? Like, because it's like, because I'm not over it, but I'm not into it to the point where I got to argue with somebody because it's like how come we got to play like we I went to the I went to the movie theater with my friend man yeah and like he as soon as we sat down in the theater man he, the movie started he stuffed stood up and he's like I'm tired of these slave movies I'm like man it's just the trailers dog <laughs> can I get my popcorn first before you get us kicked out of the theater and it just it just snowballed from there. Right. Like, people were looking back at us, you know, and like, it, it's a movie. Yeah, So yeah. I had to explain. I was like, yo, it's a movie, man. You know, people had to make money, you know? And he's totally. like, I don't care, man, slave. And I'm like, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. But I don't need to get arrested for this. Right. We're in front of a coffee shop down the street from a police station. We don't need to fight yeah. that battle <laughs> at this moment. Not right now, man. People staring at me because, you know, between the two of us, you know, my friend, he's like, he's, like he's Puerto Rican. Right. So the, the cops will come straight to me. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I got this comb over profile, man, like Frederick <laughs> Douglass. You know what I mean? You know, so it's like, man, like, I, you know, I, that's how I address it as far as, like, the issue. I just talk about it on stage. That's, like, the ultimate therapy for me. I talk about it with my girl, you know. Totally. But, you know, everybody has their own personal experiences that we, you know, from one person to the next, even if we're the same race. Right. You know, I, I have other people who are, like, darker than me that they don't see the same issues because of, the, of where they grew up. Right. You know, and so we don't, they don't have the same fears. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you will. And so um, 
it's hard because it's like I, it's hard to talk about it one on one or with people when you don't have a platform as far as right. like on stage. Right. N- nobody can really like talk back to you because it's like it's an it's like I said it's a one of a kind experience. Right. You know, like I would never know what it's like to be white, Hispanic, Filipino, whatever. You know, never know how they you know as far as how they were treated. But I know how I was treated personally. You know what I mean because of my race. So um, I talk about it on stage. Yeah. It helps. It is there. It is therapeutic, yeah. and um, you might not know that you're touching somebody by sharing your experience. Yeah. But I feel like if you reach one person, then it's therapeutic for you. It's therapeutic for them, mm-hmm. and the conversation can continue. And people might say, "Hey, I'm de- we're beating a dead horse by talking about it," but it is literally the foundation of our country, yes. and I don't think we can talk about it enough. You know, you know, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's why I do it on stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do it on stage because it's like you have no choice but to listen to what I'm saying. Right. You can always turn it off if we're on the streets. You can just walk away. But on stage, you paid for that show, so you're going to stay to the end of my set. Right. You know what I mean? That's your problem. Because you're right. People need to know. It's like, hey, this is the problem. This is the problem. And um, the only way for me to address that is just use my um, – my craft, my art, mm-hmm. and, and then that's how I do it, you know. And my girl, she does it too. She she translates how she feels about racism and, and, and inequality, things like that, through her uh, fashion. So, you know, I don't remember what year it was, but Eddie Murphy was presenting at the Oscars approximately twenty five years ago. I saw mm-hmm. this uh, come up on Facebook uh, a few months ago, but he was bringing up the diversity issue, and he was pointing out the fact that people of color don't get the same opportunities. And in a joking way, he said, you know, the Academy might not ever have me back. I might not ever win an Academy Award, but screw it. You know, we don't get awards, but every 20 years anyway. At first, when they uh, came to me and he said he wanted me to uh, present the award for Best Picture, my management came and they told me that the Academy had picked me. And my first reaction was to say, no, I ain't going. And I said, my manager said, but why? I have a white manager said, so but why? And I said, uh, I said, I'm not going because they haven't recognized black people in the motion picture. And he said, what are you talking about? Black people won Oscars. I said, well, black actors and actresses have won Oscars throughout 60 years. It was like, uh, I think um, Hattie McDaniels won the first one. Then um, Sidney Poitier won one. And Lou Gossett won one. And I'll probably never win an Oscar for saying this. But hey, what the hey? I got to say it. Um, Actually, I might not be in any trouble because the way it's been going is about every 20 years we get one, so we ain't due for about to about 2004. So <laughs> by that time, this is all blown over. I said I wasn't going, and the man said, "You just have to go. You can't snub the academy." So I came down here to do, give the award. I said, "But I just feel that we have to be recognized as a people. I just want you to know I'm gonna give this award, but black people will not ride the caboose of society, and we will not bring up the rear anymore. And I want you to recognize us." He said, "Well, fine, it's done." I said, "Now, when do I have to be?" They said, "Well, you don't have to get there until about nine or ten because it's the last award of the evening." So <laughs> I'm hearing that. And he got an uncomfortable round of applause from the audience. But literally 20 years later, Jamie Foxx won the Oscar for Ray. So I don't know if they were intentionally holding out for those 20 years, but it's crazy to think that from from Sidney Poitier winning to uh, did Morgan Freeman win an Oscar, I believe. It was Denzel. Denzel. I don't think Morgan was. Did Morgan Freeman win? I May, look into that. I'm not man. sure, never, I, but the the point is, nominated. you can you can count them on one hand. Yes, who, uh, who's one? one? 
Don Cheeto won one. Right. And of course count, like they're deserving, but it's it's so few. Yeah. And the reason that I didn't get super vocal about it on social media was I, I consume a lot of movies. I watch a lot of entertainment. And I'll be quite honest with you, I didn't see a movie or a role that touched me that I thought should win mm-hmm. by a black person this year. That's mm-hmm. just me personally. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see one. Yeah. Not saying that there wasn't one. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to just sit here and hold up my picket sign for something just just because, you yeah. know. Um, pick your battles. Yeah. Another thing, another way to put it. Um, but Eddie Murphy, there was a point that I wanted to bring up to you specifically about Eddie Murphy's career. Um, since he hasn't been doing stand-up. He's just been doing family movies. Mm-hmm. His specials, Raw and um, Delirious, came out in the early, mid-80s. Mm-hmm. Have you watched those recently? Uh, the last one that I saw recently was um, Delirious. I have that. I that have was it. a red leather outfit, right? Yes. The, the jokes, yeah. the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Would he be able to do that today? It's not even raw. Not even. You can't even do raw. Today. Talking about Mr. T being gay, yeah, using the F word, and by F word I mean faggot, very loosely and shift. very there totally. Was a shift. And when he put that out, there was a huge shift uh, as far as like people who were his fans right. at the time because he was attacking right. a group of people, right. if you will, you know, and um, in a derogatory way. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people's, you know, that, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. Well, I want to try to unpack it a little bit because my my aunt was there for the filming of Delirious. She was in the audience, which is like a seminal moment in American comedy history. It's like you were there, you know, that's equivalent of like seeing the Beatles perform, you know, and I watched it. The most recent time I watched Delirious was last summer. Um, we were up at the cabin on vacation. We oh, watched yeah, it. Yeah. And so I got to look at it, you know, through adult eyes and mm-hmm. through the the scope of being politically correct and, you know, the specifically the gay equal marriage and equal rights movement. Um, people don't go back and retroactively attack him and no. say you're homophobic or you're doing hate speech. Mm-hmm. They sort of let the past live in the past mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then you have Cosby and how he was accused of molesting women. Mm-hmm. And that was also 20 something years ago, mm-hmm. but they brought it back into the limelight, back into the news mm-hmm. and basically re tried him for those crimes. Yep. So, Let's let's figure that out. How is it different that Eddie Murphy can say things hateful towards a group mm-hmm. and he gets a pass or yeah. they don't bring it up? And then you have Cosby, who is basically being mm-hmm. burned at the stake for that. Well, you know what I have to what I have to say about that is if you look at the situation uh, prior to these moments yeah. where they were being exposed to some degree, you look at uh, Cosby. Everybody obviously knows he was trying to buy NBC at the time. Okay. All of these things started happening. You know, recently he tried to buy son, no, back in the days his son his son was murdered his right son was assassinated in his cause we, right. didn't, we didn't really think anything about it but later on you were like oh man this is like something going on okay and then you look at Eddie Murphy he stopped doing comedy stand-up right right and then but he also they he got caught up with some stuff you remember that incident um, however remember Harlem Knights right I do he got into an issue he got into an incident there was an incident with like uh, the production uh, on that film because he was trying to and you know, employed like just black people. Okay. 
for the because he was like I want to do a movie with just black people right and then, I, and then from that point you know that was when things started coming out going bad for him it. yeah everything started coming out because all he's trying to do is just help his own people yeah same thing with Cosby he was trying to help his own people now what you do in your own time as long as you ain't killing people right you know what I mean it shouldn't really matter right but for some reason for people to bring that stuff up man there's people that have done way worse stuff than what Cosby was accused of doing right or what or what A. Murphy actually did on stage right but for some reason you know those people were when they were they were trying to help their own people same thing with Wesley Snipes too and right. if you want to go over the industry they're all trying to help their own people right and then something happened it's like they hit a wall you know and they they, they started to uh, discredit them you know what I mean they started to take away from their whatever they um, established right and so when I see that it's like it's kind of like it's man it's like a slippery slope when you talk about those things because it's like we want to support each other mm -hmm. as artists black actors yes yeah <laughs> Wayne Brady Chappelle yeah, show yeah man yeah yeah <laughs> Chappelle all of that and then it's always like you know but when you know the things that they do behind closed doors get exposed you can't really judge them on it because like I said that's their private life but when you're a celebrity man nothing is private anymore nothing is uh, right. uh what is a taboo anymore like everything is open everything's on the table you know, Cat Williams just said that recently <laughs> when he got a release from Jeff it's another Cat. person like like um, how, if you really break down that Dave Chappelle interview Martin, when we talk about Martin Lawrence, all right. of these guys are just like going crazy all of a sudden. Right. Brilliant minds. Right. And then all of a sudden, they just hit uh, a wall, if you will, that nobody else can see. And whereas people like, not even just actors, but like athletes like Peyton Manning, mm -hmm. issues a long time ago, now they're just now starting to come up, but after he retired. Right. After the fact. How does that happen? It's There's no way for it to negatively impact his career. And the, the <laughs> Chappelle interview that you're talking about, yeah. um, he was on... Um, I think inside the actor studio. Yes. And he said, the worst thing you could do is call somebody crazy. Yep. It's dismissive. Yes. It discredits everything that they've said because they're Looney Tunes. Why is Dave Chappelle going to Africa? Why does Mariah Carey make a hundred million dollar deal and take clothes off on TRL? It, a weak person cannot get to sit here and talk to you. Ain't no weak people talking to you. So what is happening in Hollywood? Nobody knows. The worst thing to call somebody is crazy, is dismissive. I don't understand this person, so they're crazy. That's bullshit. These people are not crazy, they're strong people. Maybe the environment is a little sick. And that's what the media called all of these people at some point. Right, right. So it's not only systemic, and mm -hmm. to the average casual listener, this might sound like a conspiracy theory, mm -hmm. but countless incidences of powerful black celebrities mm -hmm. who have proven their talent, they've made their money, and they're trying to give back. They're trying to pass down the wealth to the next generation, yes. and then the powers that be find a way to undercut that. Yeah, man. That's insane. Yeah, and when you look at their privilege, you look at the difference. Look at uh, Mel Gibson, for example. Yeah. He said a lot of things, derogatory, made a lot of derogatory statements towards everybody. Right. Right? He's still working. He gets in awards and shit in, in, in Russia and other countries and whatnot. Right. Remember Isaiah Washington? Uh, he said something about, um, he, had a, he had made a homophobic statement. Okay. And they tried to kick him out of Hollywood. Right. That was one incident. One incident. One incident. Another one. Uh, Ferris Bueller. He murdered somebody. <laughs> Are you serious? In real life. Yeah. He murdered somebody in real life. Like DUI kind of thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He pulled. He pulled a Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> yeah, he hit, he murdered somebody. Oh my he put gosh! That under the under the rug, man. Yeah, it's like he literally murdered somebody. 
don't get me wrong, I'm a huge uh, Matthew Broderick fan, but I didn't know that till like way later. Right. Again, that's the privilege. I didn't know till way later that he murdered somebody. Yeah. He was just, you know, and you know, th- so when you think about it, man, it's like, it's different, man. It really is different. It is. And and when you try to address it, people will call you crazy. They do, you and I mean? and they say, you know, get over it. Yeah. That was in the past. Yeah. That was hundreds of years ago. <laughs> And uh, my my good friend Michael, we were we were driving back from Malibu from the Palisades, um, surrounded by all this affluence, all this wealth, and we were talking about how we want to do better for our kids. You know, he's got two kids; I got a kid on the way, and that's always the goal is to leave your seed with opportunities that you didn't have. Yes. And if you trace back, talking about Black Americans, mm-hmm. your family's legacy, and where you are today. Not many people were able to buy real estate during pre-civil rights movement. Yep. We all know about redlining, about racist uh, real estate practices. We all know that it was illegal for slaves to get an education. We know this. Yep. So what are the two ways that you pass down wealth? Real estate, inheritance, life insurance. So if you don't have access to that as a community, how are you going to pass that down? Yeah. How, is your, uh, how are you going to continue? How are you going to do that? Yeah. So we can, we can stop that now and we can yeah. make those changes for our kids, but at a disadvantage. Yes. You know, what percentage of, of black Americans from just the last generation? My, my dad was born in the, uh, 1960 or 1958. Okay. So his parents was born in... 1930s or 1920s their parents were born on the plantation basically yep and i'm i'm repeating the narrative that michael told me and i'm thinking wow that's my same situation too so it's not that long ago it's not lucy Cade talked about that it's not yeah. that long ago it's, people keep trying to make it seem like it's a long time ago it's today yeah <laughs> it's literally today and you know, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but watching the elections unfold yeah. and um, Trump had his his rally was disturbed by some some rioting or some protesting. And they're trying to make those people out to, you know, be thugs and, and animals like like you were saying. Mm-hmm. When not but eight years ago, when Obama was running, people were doing the, the same thing to him. Yeah. One of the highest security details. Yeah. As a candidate uh, when he was coming and because way before people knew who he was like running because they were like, wait a minute. Right. You know how scary that is? Super scary. It's like, why? You don't even know anything about this guy and he already has to have like a you know huge security detail. Right. That's scary. But shout out to Obama. He made shout his out. eight years and did not get assassinated. He nailed it. <laughs> he nailed it, man. Yeah. I think that it was smart that that didn't happen because I had a feeling I was like, you know what? That's not going to happen. Yeah. This place would just crumble. If yeah. that happened, man, this place would crumble. Because I talk about my my material, my set, or my my bit about um, the White House being invaded. Yeah, you know, like the White House was invaded twice since he's been in the White House. Oh yeah, Obama. somebody yeah hopped the fence yeah. and ran across the lawn. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Do you know how many times the White House was invaded before that? I don't. I don't know either. I don't want to get on the you know the ISIS watch list. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to Google that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Knock at your door, man, like five seconds before you can finish typing it. How many times has the White House been, you know? That's something you have to Google uh, yeah. in a public place at the library yeah, <laughs> on somebody else's account. Yeah, they hacked into his uh, 
email and everything. Yeah. They hacked into that. I do is all his his Google search. Yeah. <laughs> and they know his history. Have you, you seen know? that video uh, on Facebook with the um, the national, not the National Guard, the, his security detail? What do you call it? Special his, uh, the Secret Service. Guy. Secret Service yeah. doing the maneuvers in the limo, driving backwards at like eighty miles an hour to get Man. out of. Uh, a crucial situation. It's insane. Job. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. What kind of mashing out that? Like what kind of license do you need yeah. to be a, a secret service That's limo a driver? Limo too. Yeah. It? <laughs> you know it's got a. You know it's got a V12. You know that man. Oh man. Well, we, we went on a long uh, tangent. <laughs> Let's see who else. We talk about Chris Rock. Talk yeah. about um, Eddie Murphy. Were you a fan of Patrice O'Neill? Oh, man, huge fan, huge fan, you know, because, like, once again, other Sagittarius in the house. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, like, yeah, um, dude, respect, man. Like, gone too soon. Totally. You know, he was, like, he was the he was the guy, man. But it was, like, when you think about it, he had a voice. He did. He was saying things, and a lot of people, he was still kind of, like, underground to a lot of people. When you think about it, you know, they when you look at how who they present to us like when i say they i mean like you know the media and things like that and studios they're presenting to us comics that really aren't um trying to keep it real with certain things right certain issues right. there's a lot of comics out there that are keeping it real and they actually have a very w- uh, good presentation but it's like for some reason we don't we don't see them yeah but Patricia O'Neill, man like you know his was an elephant in the room yeah. and then um I saw him, when I saw him on um, on the road when he roasting uh, I forgot who he roasted. Charlie Sheen. Thank you very much. Man. I uh, it's just strange because I had all this planned shit, but I didn't like I didn't know William Shatner was gonna be quasi like an old racist man like but <laughs> but everybody's giggling like whoa he's what you're a fucking asshole Captain Kirk. <laughs> What are you talking about? Like, I don't respect him, but like, I'll respect him because he's fucking Captain Kirk. But I think he might be racist because his hair plugs look like black girls' pussy hair. <laughs> this is fucking amazing. I consider Seth an icon, I do. Like, I got a critique about Seth. It, it's too much Seth. It's... Like, it's almost, it's almost like he's jealous of his own creation. <laughs> Where he wants to prove I'm better than the cartoons. But he's not better than the cartoons. See, but I think the problem is with Seth is that he don't have a partner. You know, like the, the South Park guys or Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> I know we've read that old story that uh, Hannah once said, I'm bigger than Yogi, and Barbera slapped the shit out of him for saying that. <laughs> Seth needs a Barbera <laughs> to slap him and slap him twice. Once to say, hey man, don't forget why people love you. And two, just say you're gay. N- no. <laughs> no straight man writes that many show tunes. That's a fact. <laughs> oh shit. I, I t- I've turned down many roasts. I have about three or four of them. And I said yes to this, and I'm I dead ass serious. I said yes to this because uh, it, I, I respect Charlie Sheen. I do. I, I said yes because I respect not 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 his body of work. Like not. It's it's all been very Christian Slayerish. Like it just like 
He sucks, but he's, he's good, but he sucks at the same time. I think that his stand that he made uh, against the business, I think this is a fucked up business, but he stood up, he, he still survived, uh, and he proved that nobody can keep like a Sheen down, you know? They can keep uh, Estevez down, because his brother... <laughs> and he's the good one. That motherfucker do everything right, and that nigga's career is over. Holy shit! <laughs> Fuck Tiger blood. He's selling his own blood to make money. <laughs> but I, I want to say to your eyes, man, I... I, I, I I love that you stood up to what you thought was wrong, and uh, I, I'm impressed by you, and I wanted to say that. So, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Y'all take care. Thank you. He's, like, legit fire. You know what I mean? He was just nailing it, man, because yeah. he has that whole, like, his execution is like, I really don't care yeah. if you laugh or not. Yeah. This is, this He's not trying to make friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can see it in his eyes when he is delivery. Yeah. And, you know, uh, um, it's strong, man. It's like a punch in the face because yeah. it's reality. He was you know? he was my favorite right yeah. before he died, and he was just getting ready to break. He was about to pop for real. Man. He really I was. Think Hannibal took over from that point, kind of stepped in that spot. <sighs> he you know? he stepped in the spot like Mencia stepped in a Chappelle yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was not the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Like that was the totally. It's like who's the next? Totally. Because Kevin Hart was the right the the pop version. Right. Of, like that guy and then there's the you know they always they always got that the underground, underground the, the hbo version the yeah yeah the one that usually has more of a draw uh, of, of real people in the audience you know if you think about it no disrespect to you know the heart you know no not at all like, no, I'm, I'm just saying like he does his thing he kills every time you know yeah. what i mean but it's like um people want to hear about issues and i'm not trying to cater to everybody but I have a lot of issues to talk about, you know what I mean? So I have a lot of things to talk about, about the issues that we uh, experience. So what is your take on, on Cat Williams? Because he seems to be having a Kanye-like destruction in the media right now, mm-hmm. when just maybe last year it was kind of like, who's better, mm-hmm. Kevin or Cat? Mm-hmm. What, what's going on? Basically all of these guys are like beefing with Kevin Hart. Yeah. And my thing is, you know, like, Technically, they're just beefing with themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, they have, everybody has their demons. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Cat Williams, it's like he's having a Martin Lawrence meltdown when Martin Lawrence was running around with the gun and stuff with Dave Chappelle hit on. And so Cat Williams, man, have you seen the video when he tried to uh, attack one of yes. Benny Siegel's? Uh, yes. I was like, what is he doing? And they saw him like he was like getting ready to. Oh, yeah. I was like, what is he doing? It's like he's about to play double dutch. <laughs> it did. He's like, it's like now. Yeah, I was like, is, is he vibing to the beat or is he about to attack? Because the, the caption said, you know, he attack, he gets right, down. I'm like, right. what's going on? And so when I saw that, I'm like, he's battling some demons, man. I, I didn't know that he came from a, a um, like a middle class background. Man. I don't know like, that either. Yeah, he was like, he's not pretty much what his image is on stage. Okay. And so like, he's very intelligent. And everybody, when they describe him, they talk about how intelligent, articulate he is. Absolutely. So when you think about what he's doing, it's like, what's going on? And so the demons is within himself because it's the people he's surrounding himself with. They're like, yeah, go ahead, do that. Yeah, go ahead and jump Benny Siegel's security in, in his hometown. Yeah, do that. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, man. He, so, like, I think Joe Rogan hit on this on his, um, Rocky, was it Rocky Mountain High? Yeah, yeah. He was talking about you need to surround yourself with people who are like, yo, that's dumb. Don't do that. And the, and the only way to do that is to, you know, find that within yourself to say, hey, okay, you know what, I need to do this. Right. Cat Williams has some real shit to say. It's just that he's so focused on, like, you know, Kevin Hart's fame. Right. Like other people, it's like he's not really focusing on himself as much. 
very intelligent guy, man. Incredibly uh, his intelligent. Material is like, dude, I couldn't stop laughing. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like when he, man, I don't know. But when I when I saw his when I saw that, I just like he's just, he, the demons with himself. Something. Cause Mike Epps was beefing with Kevin Hart for a while. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why are these guys? These guys all on TV taking shots at the goat yeah, just to get yeah. their Twitter followers yeah, up or and something. It's like, what you don't realize is. People will choose. People will make their decision based mm-hmm. off of your actions. You right. can't control it after that point. It's you can only get better. You can you know getting better is not going to help you. Totally. So if you know if somebody else is the guy for, for the time, be better. Right. Don't do what they're doing. Use it as you know motivation. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so like um, when I see these guys, they're all equally hilarious and brilliant. It's just that you know, people get to that point, man, where they're like, they start believing. Um, the BS that everybody's shoveling mm-hmm. in their direction, you know, and with social media right now, man, it's so easy to get be paranoid. Yeah, you know, shots fired, hashtag shots fired. <laughs> you know, it's like what? And you know, sometimes depending on how you feel, when you read a meme or something that somebody posts, it's like, are you talking to me, motherfucker? You know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, and so that's how it is. That's just how it is, you know. Yeah, well, get better, cat. I think. Yeah. Before that Benny Siegel concert, I think maybe he was listening to DMX or something. He was, he, he, he was got hype in the wrong way. <laughs> he got super hype, man. Yeah. And maybe, you know, they always say, don't smoke it if you didn't roll it. You know, oh, maybe yeah, he hit yeah. something that was laced with something. Yeah, the same as the DMX hit. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> Probably. No, I mean, yeah. That ooh-wee. That ooh-wee. As they, as they used to call it. <laughs> yeah, um, man. That's insane. Yep. Um, let's see what else I got in here. Uh, are you watching any TV shows nowadays? Yeah, man, we try to st- we don't watch TV as much, okay. but the shows that we do watch, we watch like Love and Hip Hop because it's more of like a character study. For, it's like we're watching these people. Yeah, and it's like these are real things. Yeah, even whether the people are faking it or not, these are real issues. Yeah, and so like it's good to watch it from that perspective, you know, you know, because it's like if you're watching it like you know like a soap opera, mm-hmm. you know, like you're in it, that's not good. No, you got to be centered. You know what I mean to watch stuff like that because right. it's like reading like what is it Star Magazine? It's like. Right. But it's actual real issues, but it's like the way it's presented. Sure, and sure. And so, like, you know, we watch love and hip-hop shows. We watch – I mainly watch, like, Food Network, man. That's yeah. my that's my show right there, yeah. you know? Like, I watch Chopped. Okay. You know, they be chopping people for crazy reasons, man. You know, <laughs> you know there's a little bit of eggshell in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's Chopped. It's weird. But I watch shows like that, man. It's, you know, it's learn. You get to learn. Right. Anything I can learn from, you know, I watch that. What about um? There's a lot of hype around the OJ Simpson show. Oh, Have you guys were, watched that? You've been watching that, man. Dude, I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> That's my shit. The one thing that I'm getting from that is OJ definitely did something he had an affair <laughs> with uh, with his name's wife, man. Shapiro, what's his name? Uh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, no, uh, Kardashian. Because the the way the camera kept cutting to OJ when he was talking to Kardashian man, yeah, about yeah. his wife, and I'm like. What are they trying to suggest here, man? <laughs> What's going on here? And I keep seeing side by sides with with uh, was it Chloe and uh, OJ, and I'm like, yeah. what's going on here, Uncle Cause, Juice? Because the case is closed, <laughs> so I'm not trying to rediscover anything, you know? Right. It's like I'm watching that man. The acting is yeah phenomenal. It's the best show on TV right now. These people should be winning awards. Oh yeah, I think they will. Everybody's nailing it, man. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be Vance? Amazing. Like, J- he made like. Johnny Cochran always felt like the father I never had. Like I wanted that guy as my father, man. You right. know what I mean? Like choose a side. You know what I mean? It's like it's like he got so much power in his right, voice. Right, right. Like Johnny Cochran was the man, man. He Gone was. too soon once again. Rest in peace. But Courtney B. Vance is like really pumping life into that. You know the the whole character in the film and everything. Yeah. He's killing. I think he's like the one killing it. 
best acting He's performance on right it, now. He's killing it. And that case was 20-something years ago? Yeah. That was the first case to be live televised, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. They cleared all of daytime TV, all the talk shows, and just had courtroom coverage all day. Mm-hmm. And then after that, commentary on the trial Yeah, all day. Yeah, I remember being at home watching it, you know, like, oh, Judge Ito, he ain't about nothing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just letting them do whatever they want. <laughs> I mean, that's it, it where was. it was like he was there for the ride. And when you yeah. see the film or you see the, uh, the show, show, you're like, yeah, he, he was really just like, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, you're a judge. Oh, it was his life. It was a spectacle. And that's... I'm I'm loving the dramatic aspect of the show. Yeah. But also how real they're they're keeping it. And, you know, I've worked in the legal field um, Mm -hmm. for about eight years, Mm -hmm. and I get to see a lot of behind the scenes and how the attorneys prep for their cases. And I work in the civil side, and this is a criminal case, obviously, Mm -hmm. but how they manipulate the jury's emotions Mm -hmm. and how they play off of the media attention to get the results that they need in the courtroom as you can see by the OJ case, mm. the facts don't really matter. They don't. It's what type of a story can you tell? Yeah. You know what I mean? How interesting can you make it? Yes. And so kind of like how the the wool is being pulled away from the people's eyes and seeing what's really going on in politics. Mm-hmm. Now they're seeing what, what can really happen in the courtroom. Yeah. And so when you see, you know, in the newspaper uh, uh, storyline, so-and-so gets awarded – the lady from McDonald's, for example, mm. she got millions of dollars for the spilling of coffee on her crotch. And the yeah, media spun it this way and that way, and it's a frivolous lawsuit, and she's a gold digger trying to get money. Well, come to find out, the, the, the real quote-unquote story came out to where this lady had third-degree burns over 30% of her body. And wow. they, that part didn't really come out. Yeah. So the media lets the public feel one type of way about it the facts are another type of way mm-hmm. and then the verdict is what the verdict is so it's, it's very interesting to see this being presented to us as entertainment when at the time lives were in the balance lives were lost mm-hmm. you know so the end is near <laughs> I think <laughs> my thing about the whole O.J. Simpson trial was this. People today still think he did it. Sure. And we all know that mostly it's based off of race. There are two elements that people keep forgetting to add to this situation. What's that? CTE. You know, because he, he, he was a professional football player. Right. And he was a workhorse. Right. Had a long career. So the stuff that he did prior to that, the domestic abuse and things like that Mm -hmm. i'm not you know saying that not downplaying it what i'm saying is that people are looking into that they're just they're just so eager to look at it for what it is black man white woman abuse right and then it led to murder you know they're also forgetting that if you're gonna be mad at anybody you should be mad at the lapd for messing up a slam dunk if that was the case right you know what I mean? Because they were the ones that got caught with their hands in a cookie jar. Mm-hmm. If they didn't, if it was such a slam dunk, why do you have to plant evidence? Regardless of the facts being, you know what I mean? Right. Irrelevant or not. So my thing was, 
there's two other situations that you need to really people should address before they're quick to be like, yeah, he did it. Mm-hmm. He's, you know what I mean? Because it's like whether he did it or not, man, there was a lot of mishandling, right? With evidence, um, there was a lot of mishandling with like people, like you said, manipulating um, people's minds, man. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not just OJ's not just at fault in terms of why they are there in the first place. Okay, there's so many different you know elements there that that people are just like overlooking. I had After no idea fact. that dude took evidence home to Simi Valley overnight. That's obviously not protocol. Um, they were just lurking around. There was nobody watching them. Right. If this was an episode of Cops. It probably never would have made it to the uh, court trial. Right. Because there's cameras So everywhere. sloppy, yo. These guys knew what they wanted to do already. They had an agenda, and they were just operating you know, within that agenda. Now, when you bring up the, the CTE, are you saying that if if he was guilty of the crime that perhaps his mental state was such that he didn't know what he was doing or he was his his brain was damaged that's to the point much. where he could claim insanity? No, that's pretty much what they were suggesting when you watch the TV movie. Yeah. Like there were so many things that he just I don't remember. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And just his whole demeanor and everything is like because remember this is in the wake of the whole CTE with the movie that um Will Smith came the out The concussion with. movie. Concussion movie. Yeah, right. so I'm starting to factor that in now. Right, that's true. Because um, this guy, you don't win a Heisman without people like ringing your bell. Right, right. At least Took a once, lot of hit, at least, head hits. Yeah, at least once per series. Sure, sure. So imagine how many times he, his bell has been rung. So when I'm, like I said, I'm not trying to downplay what he did, but man, there's so many things, man. And when you look at all of the past cases, you know, like even the wrestler, I don't know if you're Chris Benoit, the wrestler. Okay. S- super bad case of that. Right. I mean, he murdered his whole family. Right. You know what I mean? Including himself. So, I mean, that is a big factor right there. Instead of just looking at it because he's a black male and he was famous and he was cocky living his life, look at it as there was a mental illness there. You know? In addition to CTE, he also had to deal with racism. Sure. You know? He was married to a white woman. So there's a lot of stuff going on. In addition to all of that, apparently the book that was written about his wife, she was a little loose. Clearly. You know what I mean? So, I mean, come on, man. Chris Rock made a statement about that. Wasn't it Chris? No, it was Dave Chappelle. Both Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle. Right, right. Commented about that, and they were both spot on. Right, right. You know, and, and it's like, you know, no disrespect to the family and things like that, her, uh, her family, but it's like it wasn't just one person's fault in this situation. There's a lot of people involved here, man. A that's, lot. That's crazy. I, when you I really, never thought about that, that. The, 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 the CTE aspect yeah. of it. All of these you know. athletes, man, yeah. all of these athletes. And most of them are like black athletes that are going through this stuff. Right. You know what I mean? If you look, some of them don't even make it out of college because right, of right. CTE. They go straight to prison right, <laughs> right before <laughs> they get drafted. True indeed, true yeah, indeed. Man, so what, what do you think is going gonna, is gonna to come of that? What changes do you think are they going to make to professional sports? Man, I was watching, and the, I guess the guy said that there's nothing you can do. You can put all kinds of padding in the helmets all you want. But you know you're you you know right. it's a combat sport. I mean you're gonna get hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I did martial arts too, man. You get knocked out, you know, in boxing and UFC. These guys are like when you hear the commentators, the only thing that's keeping this guy up is heart, his heart. <laughs> and it's like no, man. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this guy has a fucking brain's a concussion. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you look at the guys and they're like yeah. staggering toward each other, yeah, we're like cheering them on. But all they're doing is trying to please the audience so that they can make a living. But at the end of the day, when they go home, they're beat up. Sure. They are beat up. Did you watch the recent 
UFC card? I didn't even know. I didn't watch that. I man. didn't. I didn't watch it either. Yeah. But I'm sure you saw the replay. Yeah. And you, you like follow the sport. Over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, it's you know, it looked it looked to be uneventful. I mean, when I'm watching this, it, like second round. Yeah. And I was like, come on, man. Are you are you talking about the Diaz or are you talking about the Diaz one? Oh, was it okay. the second round? I, I don't know. I think he knocked him out in the second round. Yeah, yeah. Or he choked him out. I'm sorry, made him tap. You know, the guy moved up like a few weight classes or something. He so. did. He did. But Well, normally fighters, they drop weight to make mm-hmm. way for a fight. So maybe yeah. he just yeah. didn't drop the weight. It was just confidence. I don't, I don't really know. His yeah. confidence. <laughs> I know his confidence got to him. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the classic case of when the boxer is like, oh, this guy. Yeah. And he gained a little bit of weight. And then next thing you know, they get knocked out. I've, yeah. I'm not a huge fighting fan, but... Mm-hmm. I can't deny uh, Anderson Silva. You know, oh, I man, watch yeah. his highlights, yeah. and um, that's what got me into the sport. You know, as a as a casual fan. But uh, what do you think of the the women's side of it? Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, uh, Misha Tate. It seems like they're just as popular, brutal. as exciting, and brutal oh. as as the men. What, what do you think about I that? I love watching women fight actually more than I love watching the men fight because, like, like you said. It's there, man. It's women, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> There's yeah, a reason yeah. why we're not allowed to fight them. As right. men. <laughs> they will beat us. You know, right. you, see, you see them choking them out, man? Right. And they're smart about it, you know? But I think uh, the Ronda Rousey, she she kind of got hype, you know, too much. She believed her hype, just like Connor, you know, they believe their own hype. Sure. There is, like, once again, just like with Cat Williams, your circle. You know, it's like people just say, you know what, maybe right now, <laughs> you know, you, you shouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Or not not so much that, but it's just the way things were approached. Because you, the thing is, if you're good, that's awesome. But if you're cocky and good, you are alone at the top, and everybody's trying to knock you off that off sure. the mountain. You get everybody's and best shot. It doesn't shot. matter how good of a person you are behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. You establish that you are the best, and you're cocky. And so that's what comes with the territory. And then with women, they got it really put up or shut up. And, and uh, uh, Ronda Rousey, you know, she talked a lot. She so did. That's why... The, what she's suffering from is just being the humble pie, you know what I mean, that she had to eat after that fight. And hopefully her jaw you know? is healed up where yeah. she can actually eat the pie. <laughs> she's taking harder shots than that one, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. that, that was on a grand stage, man. Right. And so, you know, when they say, oh, um, she's having a hard time, it's mainly because, like, that's hard right. to be on top. And then, boom, a head kick. You know, what I appreciate about the women's UFC, like, take other sports, basketball, for example. Yeah. Women – they have a a smaller ball. I think the the court is did not know that. Yeah, women professional wow. basketball have a smaller size basketball than the men's. Mm-hmm. Um, the three point line is shorter, so they modify the game in order to accommodate women's stature or natural athletic ability, which is fine. I'm not yeah. taking anything away from it, but the UFC seems to me that it's actually even. They don't modify anything. It's still the bell rings, you fight until somebody's unconscious. Yep. There's no modifications. Yeah. And similar to tennis, right? I love watching tennis. I love watching women's tennis just as yep. much as I like men's because you're not losing any quality of competition. It's not like, well, it's good for a girl. It's good, period. You know, so I I think it's cool that they're letting the not letting the women fight, but that they're promoting them as superstars and yes. that the sport is growing not in spite of, but because of the women. Exactly. So yeah. that's that's yeah. very yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, topic, yeah. And uh, I don't think that there was any female gladiators 
back in the olden days. You know what? No, I don't think so, man. <laughs> Fighting <laughs> lions so. and, yeah, and nah, what have you. Man. That would be a fun movie to watch, though. Like a gladiator movie with, like, you know. With ladies? Yeah, like Ronda Rousey starring in it or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Are you not entertained? <laughs> awesome, man. Hey, write it. I'll produce it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we can, like, you know, yeah. We can do this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> because you never know. Because, you know, fighting is like, I'm sure they've had women fighting back then. It's just probably not on a grand stage. Like sure, that, sure. You know, I never thought about it like that. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Man. New, I- new ideas. Yeah, that's some women assassins. <laughs> you know, that's some women assassins, man. Some some ninjas. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. That's why it, it was like, it was equal, man. It was equality. <laughs> you know, it's like, women, it's like, hey, I could be a ninja too. I could throw stars. You know? It's That's funny. Stuff. So what else is good, man? I'm I'm out of I'm over here. I'm out of topics. We got topics. We got uh, pretty much covered the stuff that we wanted to talk about, man. Like the diversity. Yeah. You know uh, what, what I do, what we do as entrepreneurs. Yeah. Pretty much covered it, man. What's uh What's your next step? I mean, you got how many comedy albums have you created now? I have two out right now. I have one on Bandcamp. It's called a uh, Mac Trikinski Jokes for Hire. Okay. It's my free album. Awesome. Yeah, it's um that was my first album. So, you know, I put put that out there. So, That's what would somebody album. type into Google to get there? Cuz people don't really yeah. know URLs like yes. that. Yeah. Well, you could type in Mac Trukinski. Okay. Mac yeah, yeah, Trukinski. Yeah. Or if you look up King Uncle Dame Time, yeah. It all every, all my albums will come up. Gotcha. You know, yeah, man, like uh, and then I, I have another album coming out. Uh it's called a uh, um, you know what time it is? Okay. King Uncle Dane time. Right, right. And um, that was live uh, out here. Uh, I mean, out there in pa- uh, Palmdale, California. Okay. I shot that live out there, and uh, man, it's good, man. It's good. I'm excited. I've been working on it. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, it's good, man. That's awesome. Coming soon. That's Got awesome. Got some original cover art from an artist uh, back east that um, he actually took an image and he like. He's a tattoo artist, and he actually recreated my uh, face and things. like. It was pretty cool. Man. Yeah. It's awesome. That's and, dope. Yeah. And then I have another one. Uh, my, 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 actually, my, you know, I got ahead of myself. My very next album is uh, Revenge the Denzel of the Palmdale. Yeah. Wait, what does that say? It's called the Denzel, uh, the Denzel of Palmdale. The Denzel of yeah, Palmdale. Revenge That's of awesome. The Zombie Ninjas. <laughs> it's part seven. That is Don't a Don't ask for color. the first six. <laughs> They don't exist. But you know what? That's smart marketing because yeah. people will think <laughs> that there's like a whole anthology and they'll be Googling <laughs> that stuff for days. Yeah, I love it, man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I had a great time shooting that one, man. You know, yeah. just talk about just living in, in the Palmdale area, things like that. Growing yeah. up, diversity. Totally. You know, um, just having different types of uh, uh, races, you know, um, and being influenced by different cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it was, it's a great album, man. That's my that's my that's actually my album coming out, and then my next one is you already know what time it is. That's gonna be live. So uh, so you got a lot of material good. that you're saving and that you're releasing to the people in, mm-hmm. in sections. Mm-hmm. So people who may be listening to this for the first time and never heard of you, mm-hmm. like you are a legit accomplished comedian. Yes, I know. Was that last November you opened um, for Darren Carter? Yes, the party starter. Yes, for uh, audience of over 700 people a sold yes. out yes that's amazing it was fun it was i mean how, m- how many years does somebody have to work as a comic to work up to playing an audience that big well depending on who you know and how good you are 
it, it, it won't even doesn't even have to be years it could be right. within the year it just depends it's all merit based yeah, it's all talent yeah 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 man it's like if if some if somebody mentions your name to a group of comics and yeah. you know the like nine out of ten of those comics know you yeah that's when you know you're you're onto something right you know and and I have to thank the social media, you know, uh, for the uh, social media, uh, the whole my whole pr social media presence, should I say, for that. Right. You know what I mean? Like things just just snowballed from there. Right. You know, um, it's very important. Like as an entrepreneur talking mm -hmm. earlier, it's very important just to establish yourself. And um, when I, you know, I put my name out there and you put your hashtag and you do all your thing promotion. Mm -hmm. It's more than just going on stage. It's more than just networking. It, you know what I mean? You just really have to be motivated because, like I said, we don't get paid, man. You know, like like people think we do. Yeah. So it's, you know, you have to be out there. Sometimes you got to put your name on stuff you would want to put your name on. Sometimes yeah. you gotta, if you want to sell like chicken or something, <laughs> you got to put your name on it, man. You know, like people and people consider us people sell out, but like I said, people have bills. You gotta you gotta make you that know? money. So you just be you know, just choose the right products. Now, what what do you think? This is very common in Hollywood when somebody says, "Come do my show." for exposure mm -hmm. we're not going to pay you but you're going to get your name out there mm -hmm. that's that's a scam right like that's not real it, it depends on who the person is that's, right that's saying that because like like i said once again in the industry like you know people you you know you hear of them whether you work with them um on a daily basis or not because of social media you hear them right you know you hear of them should i say so when somebody says something like that um, they don't really if all they have to do is say hey do you want to do my show yeah. they don't even have to say exposure or anything like that and, and um, from that point it's like yeah because I already know any show I do is exposure yeah and um, it's actually a good thing when people ask you to do a show and rather it's you asking gotcha can I get on there it's really that that's when another thing that's you know you're you're getting closer to your goals you know, so because the they're, they're 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 coming they're reaching out to you because of whatever you're putting out there. The product speaks for itself. Exactly. The relationship speaks for itself. Yep. The reputation speaks for itself. It all it's it's face value basically. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. do you have any uh, uh parting words or maybe uh, ad advice to young comedians starting out or people that are just grinding trying to trying to make their dreams happen, you know, some speak on that. Oh yeah, totally, man. I like you know, if I were to, you know, say anything, man, it's just stay true to whatever it is that you want to um, promote yourself as. Like, because a lot of times people will say they're about one thing and then you see them doing other things. So, like, you know, you make sure everything translates well from your personal life to the stage. Um, anything you try to hide, <laughs> people are going to find out, man. Right. So just, you know, just you could literally talk about anything. Do not let anybody tell you what you know what to talk about or what not to talk about. Know what you're talking about and know what you're talking about. Keep it real. That's that. That's usually that's 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 those are the things that have been keeping me like staying focused and staying yeah. positive. Yeah. You know because it's like you can't really mess up if you know what you're talking about. Right. You really can't. So keep it real. Yeah. You man. heard it here. Yep. Well, that's a perfect note to end on, man. I appreciate you coming through. Yeah, no doubt, man. Much yeah, love, much success. Having, Everybody check them out on Twitter, Instagram. Um, get that album. Definitely. Peace. <laughs> hey, yo, I'm so sick with it. Like an AIDS patient. Got niggas fainting. Anticipately waiting for my statement. Fresh out the basement. Let me chase it. Hit you in your face with lyrics that I told you. Eyes not getting amazed. In the race with MCs, please don't even tempt me. Y'all niggas basic. Way too complacent. I'm your replacement. My music's laced with shit that I rock your braces. Don't hate, embrace it. Triple aces. Kings of
and gashed up my engines. They stuck my cymbal and about to go to roll around. Sneaky man, it's all about. Call them out. Uh, Put them on their knees and then you gon' knock them out. <laughs> nah, I can't hold them up. Roll them up. They ain't nothing but weed, nigga. Let's smoke them yeah. up. Who dope is us? Ridiculous. Let me get them neat. Let me shine at my vocal. I'm an alien. Take yes off the vintage. Oh. Y'all can never see KG comprehend. They know I'm the SPA. Hey, mommy, vintage. Hoes, I got plenty. Y'all need this simple. track you just heard it's called party over here uh, DJ unique is a super talented musician um, that song also features KG superstar they have a group called the club bullies uh, check them out online they're great dudes they make great music super conscious cats I support all of their artistic ventures um, also DJ unique has a radio show called Saturday Night Fever um, it goes from 10 p.m. to midnight on um, Saturday nights on 100.9 FM The Heat. That's Saturday Night Fever, DJ Unique. He was nice enough um, to let me use his song for the show. I'm very, very grateful for that. I've reached out to a few of my musician, artist friends, and they're so supportive, and they give me permission to use their music, so... Everything that you hear on the show going forward, these are songs from people that I personally know, that I personally respect and support, and it's all love. So if anybody likes what they hear, uh, if I forget to put the link in the description, please send me a message and uh, I'll show you where you can purchase their music, follow their careers, and uh, check them out. All right? So I just wanted to let you know. DJ Unique, KG Superstar, Club Bullies. Talk is cheap, motherfucker!